0: hi i'm christine and my name is keith
1: and you are listening to your favorite canadian a podcast about your favorite canadian in this case actors
0: absolutely it is episode 12 we are at the end of round one except for our wild card show this is it friends how exciting i know
1: um i I, i've been trying to call it the end of round one for like the past three episodes so i'm glad to actually have the end of round one now it's exciting yeah, here yeah this we have our last end. two matchups yeah
0: yeah i i actually when a lot of that's my fault because i had miscalculated a couple of things <laughs> and thought we were going to finish with 11 but no uh 12 episode 12 here we are end of the line mm. yeah I love it
1: so um, I know we have two big matchups tonight, uh, Anna Paquin uh, versus Eric Peterson, yep. and Donald Sutherland versus Eugene Levy.
0: I know. Crazy, eh?
1: Um, and we're joined by Melanie, Dan, and Matt today. Hello. For a little, uh, commentary. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi, everybody. Thank
2: you for having me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you
1: for being
2: here.
1: <laughs> I would love to know, but amongst these like twelve episodes, how many times that exact exchange has happened? Probably at least twelve?
0: Yeah, at least.
1: yeah <laughs> So I think uh, or I, I'm guessing, Keith, that before we get on to these uh, new pitches that you have some results for us from the last episode
0: uh, I do. and and i'm I was shocked. Um
1: you were shocked.
0: I was shocked, okay. not necessarily by the winners, but by the margins. So our first one was uh, Kiefer Sutherland against Will Arnett. Now mm-hmm. Matt represented Kiefer and Melanie represented Will Arnett. And the final tally on that one with 86% of the Whoa. vote went to Kiefer Sutherland.
1: Wow. I'm surprised that that was so close. So
0: close? Or wasn't close. Wasn't, okay. wasn't
1: close. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> That's well, <it's>, uh <laughs> Uh, That's that I mean I I voted Kiefer. I big supporter of Kiefer. Really like Mm -hmm. Will Arnett too, but I mean 86 to 14, that uh, that wow knocked my socks off, as they say.
1: That hurts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not not reflective of the presenter. No. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. You did a great job. I really enjoyed your pitch. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, this has been great. I'm gonna take off.
3: Yeah, no, that that is really surprising because Will Arnett is a very, very popular guy, especially mm-hmm. after Bojack just ended last year. So, yeah, that's um, I, that is very. I thought it was going to be way closer. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes. I, I guess we got the New Brunswick vote on that one. I
0: don't must. Know. We must. Must. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maritime pride. Yeah. That's right. Our, uh, our next one, also a margin that I was surprised by. Catherine O'Hara versus Rick Moranis. And with seventy nine percent of the vote, Catherine O'Hara.
1: Yes, good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Again, Sorry, I,
1: I, I don't <laughs> dis- my bias.
0: I don't disagree with that at all. But mm-hmm. the the number sort of shocked me, not as much as the other one. Um, but uh,
3: um, yeah, I. I'm less surprised by this number because Rick Moranis has been in hiatus for a long time. And yep. Catherine O'Hara is coming off of some amazing success with Shit's Creek. It's, um, yeah, she's definitely like, um, and she hasn't ever really stopped where, you know, unfortunately, uh, Rick Moranis' career, uh, has been on pause for a while. So.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Sure. Big Rick Moranis there in there in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Losing it. And lastly, um, also a wide margin, perhaps not as surprising. Michael J. Fox against Maury Chaykin. Um, <laughs> Come on, seventy-seven percent to twenty-three percent for Michael J. Fox. Wow. All right.
1: I'm uh. not that surprised, but I am a little disappointed.
0: Well, it, it's it's hard to lose when you do the presentation. <laughs> um, but uh, but I mean that was a uh, I think that was kind of a slam dunk in a lot of ways.
1: I think it was pretty predictable.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mor- yeah. Morning chicken is just not doesn't like, I mean, he, he is like that guy, I think in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, as soon as you like someone shows you a picture of him, you're like, Oh, him. Right. But Michael yeah, Jackson exactly. is just a household. You know man, who he is. So, yeah. Yeah. It's very he
2: lovable. Had cards.
0: He had the card stacked against him there, I think. <laughs> so, uh, Moranis, Arnett, and chicken. We'll be joining the following people, Donnelly Rhodes, Michael Ironside, Ryan Reynolds, Jim Carey, Jay Baruchel, Martin Short, Pamela Anderson, Ryan Gosling, Mike Myers, Matthew Perry, Peter Cullen, William Shatner, Norma Shearer, Colm Fior, Colleen Dewhurst, Bruno Jerusi, Wayne Robson, Marie Dressler, Seth Rogen, Nathan Fillion, Faye Ray, and two others in our wildcard round. <laughs> Very so, nice. <laughs> which will be our next episode actually. Yeah. All right, so shall we uh shall we swing into the pitches?
1: I think we ought to.
0: All right, so let's do it. Our first face-off tonight was pre-recorded. It features Dan and Matt, and Dan is advocating for Eric Peterson and Matt is advocating for Anna Paquin.
3: In the world of 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 acting, Canadian acting world. Um if you want to look at it there's kind of two kinds of actors. If I could use a worldwide world of wrestling analogy here that I think most listeners would understand, there are two kinds of Canadian actors. There's the heel, you know, your Michael Ironsides, your Norm MacDonalds, your uh, evil hobo, littlest hobo, the evil one when he came out. I believe the German shepherd's name was Paris. Um, you, got, you know, the, the evil ones. Uh, but, you know, that kind of evil, nasty sort of actor that's like, oh, he's he's the villain. And then you got the face. And if you look at Canadian acting and you think of who is the face, who is the good guy, that is my pitch of the week, Mr. Eric Peterson. He is the face of my wrestling analogy for Canadian acting. And I'm going to get to as to why, but before um, I begin, I have to uh, just talk about uh, uh, a little bit about the man's background. Um, he's from Indian Head, Saskatchewan, in of Canada, of course, um, and uh, he uh, got his start in acting um, on the stage. Um, he worked in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, actually, in Vancouver is where he met a, a friend of his, uh, John Gray where they began to collaborate on one of the best Canadian um, plays of all time, certainly the most successful, certainly one of the most produced. I think Occupation of Heather Rose might be second place, Le Belser perhaps, Um, one or two other Canadian plays, Red Sisters. Um, But Billy Bishop Goes to War is the play that I'm referring to where – uh, John Gray played the piano player, and Eric Peterson played the war, oddly enough. No, I'm kidding. Of course, he played Billy Bishop and 17 other characters. Um, this is something that's kind of become a, a a bit of a niche in theater with the two-hander. Um, two pianos, uh, four hands uh, is a great example of this. Um, you know I, at the time there's one person shows before and there's been like you know two people shows but you know mainly in uh, the 70s 1976 oh my god this play is a year older than me i just realized that okay so <laughs> that's not depressing at all um Billy Bishop Goes to War is a wonderful piece that I saw a long time ago when I was at Dow, and it was, it was put on when I was studying there. And it, it's a great piece, and there's a piano player, and they're doing songs, and Billy Bishop plays... Um, oh, sorry, the, the actor playing Billy Bishop not only plays Billy Bishop, but 17 other parts, and he talks about how he, he led to war, and he was a great uh, World War I um, fighter pilot, um, and um, he... Uh, it's a wonderful show and it was put on and um, I believe it was the factory originally in Toronto. And then maybe later on it was, it's been produced all over Canada um, and uh, Mr. Peterson and John Gray had great success with this play. They even took it to Broadway. They had it on Broadway for a week. They had great reviews. Um, they went to London's West end, great reviews there. They won awards and festivals and, uh, Eric Peterson was nominated or won uh, a number of awards for his portrayal of Billy Bishop um, in this play. And it, it's become a staple in Canada. I think that um, pretty much every uh, theater company or every um, uh, theater program in Canada maybe touches on these kind of plays. And they can you know their monologue workshop series or, or whatever. It definitely comes up. It's, it's a wonderful play. And, uh, you know, one of those things that's, um, one of the cornerstones in Canadian theater as, as a playwright and as an actor, Eric Peterson had a big part of that, um, Anyway, so after he, you know, he he does the theater. He owns the theater. He's the face of theater. If you were his, his WCW years, if you might, if you will, Keith, if you're keeping up with my um, <laughs> wrestling analogy for some reason, um, and then he moves on to the WWF of uh, Canadian acting, which is known as the CBC, uh, where he starts uh, working in in television, um, where he ends up playing another dramatic role um, as. Leon Rabanovich. Um, If you remember this character, it is the character from Street Legal, um, which was on for nearly a decade. Um, I believe it it ran from like 87 to 95, I believe. And uh, this character that he played um, gave him a lot of success in Canadian television. That's He really became well-known to everyone um, because he was nominated for a Gemini for Best Actor in a Lead Role, Best Performer in a Lead Role six times for this character. Um, and he won a, a number of a times as well. And as he was playing this character, he also got nominated for a number of other awards at this time, um, for being, um, you know, guest roles and stuff like that. And other television shows, um, that he was in, uh, he was in a show, nothing sacred. Uh, he was in night heat. Uh, he was even in a, a couple of Alfred Hitchcock, um, uh, episodes, uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents the, the the remake that they used to do in the '90s. It was great, um, and uh, yeah, he he absolutely killed this role, and he just built himself up as a dramatic actor that everyone turned to. Um, and then later, he totally took a well, I wouldn't say a left turn because there's always a little bit of comedy and in drama. That um, great dr- dramatic actors do. There's always a little bit of levity there to you know make make the character more palatable. So there's always a little bit of humor. But he completely turned that around with another award winning performance and another Canadian cornerstone uh, part of our culture and television. Uh, Brett Butts Corner Gas, where he played uh, he played Brett Butts' uh, <laughs> father and still plays the father in the animated uh, the Corner Gas animated series. He he played that role from about uh, when did Corner Gas get started? Here it's in my notes. I apologize. Um, it was well, it was it was in the nineties. Let's just say that, and then it ran into the two thousands. And uh, Corner Gas was probably one of the longest running Canadian comedies of all time. And uh, his character, where he he played um, he played Brent Butt's dad. <laughs> he Oscar uh, he that Bretton inherits the gas station from and Eric Peterson plays um grouchy old father he plays it straight and he's he's more of the the, the straight edge but uh, where his wife is, is is the comic in it and um, he's just dead panned and it's absolute great timing, and very, very funny. And is still very funny in the animated series where he still voices the character of Oscar Leroy. And um, it's, it, it's amazing that this guy was, was a part of one of the, you know, the cornerstones in Canadian theater. And then he moves on to one of the great Canadian dramas of all time. And then he moves on to be one of the great Canadian comedies of all time. And all three of these characters, Oscar, Leon, Billy Bishop, all lovable people absolutely built a career right here in Canada. Yes. He went to the United States after he made it here in Canada and, and put on a show on, on Broadway and killed it. But he, you know, he came back and he worked on a great, um, legal drama, uh, street legal. And he, um, he never went to hollywood he didn't go to new york he didn't he didn't feel like he ever had to to make that leap into making like the these big hollywood movies or or you know going out to to la to make it he just he just stayed here he only went there when they asked him to come and visit and um he, he's every character he's ever played um whether you whether you want to go back to I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive to see him in Billy Bishop, but I've seen clips on YouTube. Uh, it's wonderful. He actually restaged it in uh, – they put it back on in uh, 2008 with his good friend, um, uh, Mr. Gray. And um, you can find that on YouTube. And it, it's just lovable. It's, it's a wonderful performance as his, his Leon, as is his Oscar. And he, he never had to leave town. Um, and I don't think he ever wanted to. Um, he still like you know he still appears as a guest star in a lot of uh, Canadian shows um, here at home. Um, he doesn't ever feel like he needs to go anywhere because he can make it here. And the reason he made it here is because he was one of these guys who helped build this industry um, by making a Canadian play in Canada and being successful and starting in the Canadian show that took place in Canada with our crazy, wacky judicial system with the wigs. Um, <laughs> and uh, a show that takes place about a you know a, a rundown gas station in, in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan. Um, and uh, that's why I think the guy is the face of the uh, wrestling world analogy that is the Canadian theater. I don't know why I started on this analogy, but I'm going to Stand by it and suggest that you, uh, if you haven't seen our, our good friend Mr. Peterson in any of his works, look him up and you will be suplexed with joy. And that's why I believe everyone listening to this podcast should vote for my good friend and commandant, I don't know what that means, Eric Peterson.
2: Hello, hello. It's Matthew, thanks so much for having me. It's a delight to be able to present to you your favourite Canadian actor, Anna Paquin. Anna, born on July 24th, making her, just like me, your honoured presenter, Leo. Not born in Toronto, but as Le Champion would say, she's from Winnipeg, you idiot. But fast forward real quick now, because Anna Paquin does not spend a lot of time in Canada at all. (laughs) Uh, She leaves the country at the age of four and she goes to New Zealand. New Zealand. You knew where she was already. Uh, It doesn't matter why. She wasn't an actor. It's none of our business. But uh, the family goes to New Zealand and they set up. They become thriving. I assume they settle into a happy life. Well, one day Anna Paquin's sister wants to go to an audition. Maybe Anna wasn't busy that day. Who knows? Who knows? she tags along. This is the, in my opinion, this is the ultimate uh, punchline of Hollywood. I shouldn't say, I say quote unquote Hollywood, uh, maybe making it would be a better phrase. The right place, the right time, the right person sees you. They go to audition for the piano. Jane Campion sees Anna Paquin and she's like, yep, okay, this is it. And takes a shine to her. Okay, great. Yeah, you get the role. Yeah, you win an Oscar as a small child. This kind of, Happen... It's, I shouldn't say it's happenstance. I mean, she's a talented actor, but I mean, come on. Come on. I wish that I could uh, ask her sister. I'd love to know how her sister felt when she got the uh, the part, when she just tagged along for the audition. Or, or if even there was ever a second of resentment along the way since then. You know what? That's none of my business either. Uh, so right now, uh, for me, if, I, if I'm her, I'm not. If I win an Oscar and I'm like 11... I assume that I just start to focus on theater immediately. I want to go for that EGOT. Everybody knows the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, the Tony. Oscar is arguably the hardest one. Me, I'd start work right away on getting that Tony. Why? You have two chances to win an Emmy. Emmy, excuse me. You get a daytime Emmy. You get a primetime Emmy. That's two chances to win an Emmy. You can play with your Emmys. Anyone can win a Grammy we this podcast could win a Grammy. Anybody can win a Grammy. Get started on the Tony. Uh neither here nor there. Anna goes on to do some stuff that I am excuse me, not the target market for personally, and that looks like a bunch of stuff a young Sarah Polly would do. Jane Eyre, Fly Away Home, Amistad, What is With the Period pieces? And these young actresses I'm presenting. Anyway, none of these are starring roles Anna Paquin not exactly lit on fire by a passion for acting of her own volition. Again, I find myself thinking of Sarah Polly, who at this point in her career is doing these period pieces, small parts, and it's kind of like, hmm, do I really just want to always be an actor? you know maybe maybe not Anna gets around uh, after she does uh, another period movie this time uh, with hippies called a walk on the moon i believe it was called to feature in uh after that i i mean to feature in what i think is the perennial 90s movie she's all that that's right Anna pack one was in she's all that she's obviously not the uh the ugly duckling trope but it's more of a bit part but uh, hey what a feature to launch your modern career i tell you what, uh, again, I'm not Anna Paquin, but I'd be doing the theater. She's still not uh, really doing anything with the theater. I have no connection to her representation. I s- still am not sold on her being totally into acting. But anyway, we get the year 2000, the new millennium. In the year, in excuse me, in the year 2000, this is really going to be the decade where I think she's like, yep, I'm going to be an actor. Bam. Superstar, uh, which becoming a superstar in the year 2000 is a ridiculous thing to say probably for somebody that won an Oscar when they were not a teenager. But anyway, it is what it is. In fact, poking around online, as I did, as you are wont to, you can still find articles and blogs and little dated pieces that say things like, what happened to Anna Paquin? And did Anna Paquin really deserve her Oscar? Uh, and this is, you know, these I am not qualified at all to uh, comment on any of those questions. I mean, nothing really happened to her. I'm pretty qualified. I can read so I can qualify to answer that. I don't know any of that business about deserving an Oscar formalized award shows for millionaires is another topic altogether Uh, in the year 2000. Anna Paquin plays rogue in the X-Men franchise and is immediately one of the cooler X-Men of that entire collective. I'm not a big comic book guy, and when I am, I prefer the old EC comics like Tales from the Crypt, Uh, but obviously this movie is a blockbuster. She's around doing these mid-range movies since her initial fame for a good stretch, and now all of a sudden she's in one of the hottest IPs available. Somebody get a new manager? Or was this just bitten by the acting bug anew, I guess is really what I'm trying to get across. Guess what? That's not the only place fawn over Anna Paquin in the year 2000. It's not exactly the Kate Hudson level role in the movie, uh, but a lot of people took notice of her and the rose-colored glasses, the precocious young groupie and almost famous. She's 18 years old, two of the hottest movies of the new, new millennium right now. Continues to appear sporadically in lesser roles, which I kind of get, When you're contracted to Marvel's biggest franchise, then maybe you just, uh, you do the smaller things. I don't know. What do I know? I'll get to Kiefer Sutherland in a second. In a role that the producers and creators did not even consider her for. Because why would a Hollywood star do this friggin' TV show? Anna Paquin starts to play a Suki Suki, so I don't even know how to pronounce it, Suki Stackhouse on True Blood. Uh, evidently according to her wikipedia at least she campaigned aggressively for the role i thought that was pretty interesting i watched i would say i watched about 3.5 seasons of true blood before having to take my personal leave of it and uh, i was actually surprised looking back that she wasn't nominated for an emmy award Um, but i did notice all of a sudden doing a little more theater still plenty of time chase that goal uh i mentioned keeper sutherland i think anna paquin is like keeper sutherland uh in not too many ways but for me mentally they have some parallels they both had careers before their mega hit tv shows and i think they both arguably of course have a segmented fan base uh in addition to, to kind of a, a je ne sais quoi a coolness and it factor upon the side of them i think it's served them both well i think they're both quite magnetic uh now anna has a family she's just trying to focus on i quote smart writing uh with her future projects she is set to star next in her husband stephen moyer's directorial debut and i guess we'll see on which side of the anna paquin career coin this one lands you should vote for anna paquin your favorite canadian actor
0: thanks very much guys what's uh What's everyone thinking about Eric Peterson and Anna Paquin?
1: Uh, for me, it's like, it's definitely Eric Peterson. <laughs> but Matt, I really enjoyed your pitch for Anna Paquin.
2: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Um, and you're right. it's not about It's not about Canada's favorite body of work.
0: No, and I had not actually thought of that at any point <laughs> in this
3: whole process. I I was surprised to find out how young she was when she won the Oscar. How old was she? Like eleven, she, I think. Eleven? Like Little. that must be a record for youngest person
0: to
2: win an second Oscar. second youngest, I believe.
0: Second youngest.
2: Yes. And Tatum
0: O'Neill won it, didn't she, for Paper Moon at a very young age.
3: Oh, it's a that's that's a crazy accomplishment for someone so young and, to, like, a lot of you know it's a cliche with the child actors and all that, but. Their lives don't always turn out amazing, you know, um, and for her to kind of keep going and then end up doing like a, you know, great show like uh, Vampire Show. I'm forgetting the name already. True Blood. Yeah. Vampire <laughs> Show. Yeah. Well, that was before True Blood wasn't as successful. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty remarkable that someone can have a longevity like that. That's
0: 11. That's insane.
3: Mm-hmm. That was her first movie.
0: Yeah, I remember her acceptance speech. I actually saw it when it happened, and she was oh. basically like laughing, like giggling like a schoolgirl because, well, she was a schoolgirl. You know, it was. <laughs>
3: yeah, but Matt, I think you're right. There must be really uncomfortable family dinners with her sister there. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Remember you that Oscar?
4: Tagging.
0: Yeah, go on. But this is an interesting one to me, and it, it didn't really clue in until actually midway through hearing the pitches. It's like we have the person that has spent arguably the most percentage of his career living and working in Canada mm-hmm. against the person that has spent the least amount of her life in Canada.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 It's uh. It, it is funny too. I don't even know if he's ever been in an American production. Um, oh, maybe I, I think so. Yeah. He's like, he's like guest starred, And so he's been like, you know, pro- I feel like he's one of those character actors like, I mean, I was looking, he's been in so many things, but he's definitely done a lot of the sci-fi stuff. I'm pretty sure he was in Outer Limits too. Uh, I think it was American production, but I mean, for the vast majority of his career, he spent it right here um, playing Canadian
0: parts that, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Well, he's proof that you, he's proof that you don't have to leave. I mean, he has had a good career and he's well-respected Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, like street legal, when it was on was not like, you know, we, we crack jokes and we make fun of our, of our own. We are hard on our own Canadian shows. We, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about how crappy they are and how stuff and and garbage they are, especially at that era. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And, uh, and I mean, street legal was never even, never even subject to any of that sort of, Oh, look at, look at our crappy show, but we'll watch it. You know, we, we, Mm -hmm. we, we mock we mock our stuff i mean every time someone praises the littlest hobo there's also sort of a nudge nudge wink wink (laughs) you know what american actor guest star you know who couldn't get work down south you know (laughs) and and we don't mean it but we do you know
1: (laughs) i think it's funny though we like we love kind of both we love the people who are here and who stayed here and who made it work here and didn't feel like they needed to run away and find success in the United States. But we also love Canadians who find success in the United States.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. You know, yeah.
1: and they do kind of like represent both sides of that, both ends mm-hmm.
2: of that. Uh, oh, I was just going to, you know, if I, uh, just to, to kind of uh, use Dan's own analogy, may, may I, if I may be a heel for a moment,
5: <laughs> you may,
2: <laughs> um, uh, I I understand uh, that of course we are hard on our own. Uh, I guess for me, growing up, the reason shows like Street Legal are the reason I avoided Canadian content. Short <laughs> sure. yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I get a what you're
0: putting a
2: horrible, down. horrible aesthetic show. It has. It is. I watched a little bit of it today. It's not good. It, and, and this is what put me off of Canadian television for like all like too long. And I'm not gonna stop there. Corner gas is some bland ass shit, man. Come on. <laughs> this is not a show that is on the cutting edge of comedy by any means. This is a show that you watch with your grandparents on a Saturday night, and that's fine. It is not your favorite esteemed Canadian body of work. I do not understand the popularity of this program. I watched it. I tried before this program. I sat there on YouTube and I watched best of compilations start tried to watch start to finish of Corner Gas. This show is not for me. I don't understand its success. Street Legal put me off Canadian TV for years. This is not a difficult decision. And
0: Billy Bishop is widely regarded by historians as a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Peterson does not have Dan or Matt's vote at all. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no i was gonna say well i mean uh, you know to defend street legal street legal you know i mean of course it's you know it's not the greatest show of all time but it was a canadian drama that took place in canada about our legal s- system and it was it was unique in that way and you know w- with shows like that we were able to have shows like eng you know um i love that show i don't know if i <laughs> remembers that or not and um it kind of built this drama which uh da vinci's inquest there would have never been da vinci's inquest without this like foundation of 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 drama and and like guys like eric peterson who stayed here and like invested their whole career in those shows you know it's, it's just like a hockey player in the 70s you know like they there's no way they could compete with the hockey players now but i mean they they laid down that cornerstone you know what i mean so I mean, you gotta give it its respect. It's it's helped build these, um, this like the foundation of uh, great Canadian TV shows that are happening right now. Corner Gas. I will agree with you that it is a comedy that you can watch with your grandmother. But sometimes you kind of need those. You can't always have Curb Your Enthusiasm style of comedies where you're full of anxiety and angst and things like that. You do need. <laughs> You do need your classic setup, punchline, move to the next joke, joke every 60 seconds. You know what I mean? It's it's clean humor for the family. Right. So there
0: are elements of corner gas and, and none of it is related to uh, Eric Peterson. Um, and actually, most of it to me is not related even to the actors. But there are elements of corner gas that are absolutely infuriating to me. And I'm, I'm not going to get into it right now, but uh, I could never get into it full time. Um, because of small details that just drove me nuts about I
1: really want to know what they are.
0: I don't know if it's a CTV thing or a, there's a there's there's sort of a lens filter that uh, there's a look to the CTV shows that have come out in the last 10, 15 years that I just, I, I don't know if it gives me headaches or, or what.
2: <laughs> I, I think it's cheap digital photography.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if it had something to do with when they jumped to HD. Do you remember the primus video winona has got a big brown beaver with the with the cowboys? Regular people almost had that look to them and I can watch entertainment tonight. But there's something about the look of e-talk that I find repulsive. I don't I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Canadian Idol too it was the same oh. that was just something. And I think Matt, you might be right about the, the digital photography, but there's current day CTV productions that just kind of look like they remind me of student films. I appeared in I, 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 and I, I hate saying that, but, but everybody knows where my heart is. My heart's in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 20s, you know? <laughs> so, so I apologize. Uh, no, I don't. You, you, you get a lot of money. You get more money than I do. Um, you know what other show had it Remember Veronica Mars. Yeah. That show had the same look and I always thought it was Canadian. Um, <laughs> I did. Because, <laughs> That's pretty funny. Because
3: no, the director's photography is so shitty.
0: <laughs> no, well, there was there was that too, and the guy that played her father was, is a Canadian actor as well.
4: well. Let me just add though, I know exactly what you mean because there've been many times wh- where maybe like I've I've turned something on, and whether it's Canadian or not, I've said it, this this looks Canadian, and I don't know what it is,
0: mm-hmm. but there's something.
4: That, there's just something I'm about. Gonna... I don't know. It's just something—the way, something about the way
0: the picture looks—that just. This is Canada. And, and CBC, CBC productions don't have that. Like, I find C- a CBC production. Now, this is this is the complete opposite of how it was when I was a kid. Like a CBC production, like uh, uh, like Heartland, for example, doesn't have that look. But uh, I'll
3: tell you one thing: Eric Peterson doesn't operate the camera.
0: <laughs> well, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, if he did. <laughs> and a pack went all the way (laughs) Uh, all right (laughs) we picked apart canadian production (laughs) no no here's the other things i hate about this country (laughs) and joining us for the last pitch of the season is heather but before we go to that heather how are you doing
1: i'm good how are you guys doing well All right. So very final pitches of the round. Two big heavy hitters, Matt presenting Eugene Levy versus Keith with Donald Sutherland.
2: Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you to your favorite Canadian, a podcast. It is my pleasure to be able to present Mr. Eugene Levy as my last presentation for the first round, and uh, quite frankly, the one that I think could go all the way. Eugene, member of the Order of Canada Levy, was born in December in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, Starting this, I know nothing of his early life. And you know what? Uh, There's not much to know. Guy grows up in Hamilton. He goes to McMaster. He goes to McMaster University, and he gets into the film group. Bam. Bam something quintessentially canadian about no fuss no muss eugene levy uh i found this play listed on wikipedia there's this play it was called godspell i'd never heard of it i'm looking up eugene levy somebody that i just know and love automatically uh but you know we got to talk right i'd never heard of godspell it kicked off his career it kicked off Martin Short's career. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you need more? It kicked off Gilda Radner, Dave Thomas, Andrea Martin. All of this about a mu- some musical about Jesus that made its way to Toronto. All of these people in it, all of a sudden, getting a little bit of attention out of this play. You know what? Let me make some controversial remarks. <laughs> Why shouldn't I? Of course, uh, I don't think uh, SCTV was as funny as a lot of people do. Uh, I certainly don't think it was as funny as Saturday Night Live. And I also do not think SCTV was the best ensemble Canadian comedy show of all time. Yeah, that's right. I think that SCTV is pretty good. Uh, I don't think it holds up as well as uh, old Saturday Night Live. Uh, I think the reliance on Joe Flaherty, who might I add, not Canadian. Get out of here, Joe Flaherty. Uh, I really think his performances are often unfortunate and ham up the show. I digress. SCTV could be very sharp. It could be very smart. And it could be very funny. And a really big reason for that, in my opinion, was Eugene Levy. Uh, I mean, and, you know, regarding my thoughts about SCTV, it should probably come as little surprise. When I was talking about Martin Short, I wasn't exactly also gushing about my love of SCTV. You may remember Martin Short. He was in this round. I remember it constantly. I'm trying hard not to get caught up in the whole history of the times business to stay focused. Eugene Levy, of course, the highlight of SCTV for me personally. He wasn't a come and go. A lot of them, you know, know, a lot of them went and uh, did a come and go. They're in, they're out. They're on this season. They're not on that season. They're maybe on the next season. This guy, Eugene Levy, this Canadian icon, Eugene Levy, he runs out. The entire show, he rides it into the ground. Earl Camembert, Stan Schmeck, hilarious. I love Eugene Levy's whole vibe of that entire era. I really think he could do it all. Eugene Levy can play an everyman. Eugene Levy can play a nerd. Eugene Levy a weirdo, a ball, the virgin, the weird old man, anything. Range. <sighs> Eugene did not have the breakout hit movie career, let's face it. SCTV ends, he has bit parts. He's in Vacation. He's in Splash. He's in Armed and Dangerous. Armed and Dangerous. Let's be honest, much less of a hit than Splash and Vacation. We shan't mince words. Eugene Levy, in his career, has been in a fair bit of shit. Let's not mince words. When you're constantly working. Of course you're going to be. He is a working actor. He is a good comedian. I don't need to draw attention to career lowlights but he's always in reasonably popular stuff. Like there's these movies like Club Paradise, Speed Zone, a lot of the things that I would see in my local Max video store down when I was a kid. Oh, when I somehow get lost looking for horror and find my way into the comedy section. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I'm seeing. This is just, it just exists. It's there. He was in it. There's nothing to be done about it. I think Eugene Levy elevates the things he's in. This isn't your favorite Canadian esteemed body of work. Okay. This is your favorite Canadian actor, a podcast, and I think the best is yet to come. But Eugene Levy, you know it is. You already know the spoiler. Don't worry about Eugene Levy. In 1996, Eugene Levy begins to experience a career renaissance, in my opinion i don't even really think it's just my opinion he's in waiting for guffman which is absolutely one of my all-time favorites uh, one of my all-time favorites i should say he's uh does this with of course christopher guest and just as a refresher in this one he's the dentist dr alan pearl shortly after this the slam dunk role of noah levenstein jim's dad An American pie really cements Eugene Levy as comedy gold for a new generation of fans. I feel like I've been talking about this a lot lately. I feel like I've been mentioning, you know what? This person has two sets of fans. You know what? This person has two sets of fans. While I think that is true, I also think that there's something to be said because of my age and perspective on these things. I think there might be a presenter's bias in that a little bit. I digress again. Christopher Guest collaborations continued and you know what these are probably the my personal favorite things that Eugene Levy does in his career uh waiting for Guffman best in show uh etc we know there's more listen I'm on a limited amount of time here uh in my opinion Eugene Levy's profile Eugene Levy's profile has increased dramatically the supporting roles decidedly more visible now he's not in club paradise and speed zone anymore i mean sure he's in american pie band camp is that better it's probably not better but you know it makes more money and i mean you're, you're a working dude right again it's not your favorite canadian esteemed body of work okay it's your favorite canadian actor Anyway, you could go on and on. I feel like I did. Uh, The Jewel in the Crown, obviously. Uh, It's 2020 and we're talking about this. And Eugene Levy is the star of the Canadian mega hit television show, Schitt's Creek. We don't have all night. Eugene Levy just won two awards for this that say that he is the best in television comedy. He just did this recently. Eugene Levy has recently received two awards that say you, sir, are the best fucking thing on television. Come on. You know, we will talk about the matchup elsewhere. Certainly not here in my monologue presentation. Quintessentially Canadian, absolutely hilarious. One of our greatest comedy exports to the world. You're welcome. Eugene Levy, my favorite Canadian. Thank you very much.
0: Donald Sutherland's filmography is huge, but I'm going to quickly go through some of his films. Animal House, M.A.S.H., Clute, Citizen X, Fellini's Casanova, Ordinary People, JFK, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, A Time to Kill, Backdraft, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Eye of the Needle, Dirty Dozen, The Hunger Games Trilogy, and more and more and more. The title of this podcast series is Your Favorite Canadian Actor. And my favourite Canadian actor is by far, bar none, Katie Barrow the Door, Donald Sutherland. I could talk about this man and his biography, or his uh, activism, or his social conscience, but rather than delve into that stuff, Donald Sutherland's work and his mastery of the craft of acting speaks for itself. The interesting thing about Donald Sutherland's career is that you simply cannot characterise the guy. He is a leading man, But he excels as a character actor. He can pull off a character who's a friendly uncle with a moral compass as easily and as effectively as he can the self-righteous villain. When we see Donald Sutherland, we buy what he's selling. His body of work shows a commitment and a demonstration to continual realism. I would argue that that no actor in film history has been as successful at playing real characters as Donald Sutherland has been. He doesn't do funny voices. He doesn't hide behind prosthetics. In a 50-plus year film career, he's barely raised his voice. And yet he is constantly entertaining, and we constantly believe him. He is always real. As somebody watching Donald Sutherland as a film, it's, it's a pleasure to watch him act, but it's also a pleasure to watch him react. And that's, I think, sometimes where acting is at its hardest, is the reaction. It's equally interesting and entertaining to watch Donald Sutherland reacting as it is to watch him acting. To watch him as an actor digesting what's around him and responding to the actions or the words of his scene partners or the situation his character finds himself in. And I once said to a friend of mine that there's no actor I've ever seen that shows the simple process of thinking better than Donald Sutherland. It's fun to watch his characters think. We often talk about actors who steal scenes, or, oh, he walked away with that movie. I've always been entertained by Sutherland, but I'd never say he's walked away with a scene. I would never say he stole a scene or stole a movie. Reason being is it's just so damn good. He's so disciplined as an actor that rather than walking away with a scene he's an actor that puts himself in the moment in such a way that everyone and everything around him suddenly are in that moment. Not all of his movies are great. Not all of his co-stars are great. He elevates everything around him and brings everything into the moment. Now, while some credit can be given to his directors or his co stars for for rising to the occasion on working with him, it's important to remember that the constant variable in all of these scenes is Donald Sutherland. No matter what the role doctor, lawyer, pot smoking, professor, tank commander Sutherland is always perfectly cast. And he's entertaining without being hammy. He's acting without saying, hey, look at me act. Now, if you need a case study on tremendous acting by Donald Sutherland, there's a lot of examples out there. The one that really smacks you in the face in the understated way that a Sutherland performance would smack you is from Oliver Stone's JFK. He plays a character known as X. He delivers the greatest monologue in film history. It is 15 minutes of solid information conveyed in a way that everyone can understand. It has an emotional arc... And it breathes life into the second half of the film. I can't think of any other actor who would have delivered that scene as expertly as Sutherland did. Every word of the monologue is important, but he knew what was slightly more important. He knew what to emphasize. The monologue is available on uh, various spots. I think it's on YouTube. I've seen it online. So what else about Donald Sutherland? He's an actor first and a movie star second. There's no better example of this than the fact that the man has been a top-tier actor for over 50 years, and yet has never been even nominated for an Academy Award. Now, he did get an honorary one a few years back, but never got the nomination. Now, people used to lament that Peter O'Toole never won an Oscar, but Sutherland never even got nominated. This is after roles in movies like M.A.S.H. and Ordinary People that that received multiple nominations. It's definitely not because the Academy hates Donald Sutherland. It's almost as if he's so good doing what he does that we don't notice him doing what he does. And unlike some performers, I don't think he's ever needed it to boost his career or, or, or bump up his profile. And to be honest, I don't really get the sense that he cares that he's never gotten one. Now, the Academy did write this a few years ago by giving him an honorary one, but again, I don't think it's ever been about rewards. It's never been about money. This is a guy that turned down big roles in big movies to do independent works or or film shooting overseas that were more personal or more important to him or had a message or a story he wanted to be told. He also, in order to experience as much as he could as an actor, for many, many years refused to work with the same director twice. Sutherland is also unabashedly Canadian. He's always maintained a residence in Canada, has always been happy to be involved in Canadian things, and Canada, in turn, has always loved Donald Sutherland. A good example of this is the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. A number of iconic Canadians were asked to carry the Canadian flag into the pavilion during the opening ceremonies. These included Bobby Orr, Jacques Villeneuve, Betty Fox, mother of Terry Fox, Barbara Ann Scott, Romeo Dallaire, and Julie Payette. Now, these were Canadians who represented the absolute best that Canadians can be. People who rose from sometimes humble beginnings to be the apex of their chosen careers or professions. Among that group, and in no way out of place, was Donald Sutherland.
1: Um, I I don't know about everybody else, but... I am actually less conflicted about this one than I thought I was going to be. Really? I am. This yeah. is
3: one for me that's probably the hardest. Yeah. I think so far. Yeah. yeah
1: I thought the same thing. I thought that I was not going to be able to pick. I didn't think I'd be able to vote, but I think I. I have my selection in my head. It wasn't really the pitches that made the difference for me. I just had to take the time to think about who I personally am just a bigger fan of. And that's what it really comes down to. I couldn't really, I I couldn't really compare the bodies of work. I just had to go with like, who, uh, who am I a fan of? And for me, that's Eugene Lovey.
3: Yeah. I, I, I've been fans of these guys, both these guys, my whole mm-hmm. life. I'm a huge SCTV fan. Um, and, uh, I, I've Donald Sutherland. I've seen he's like, you know, as a kid, he was in every other movie I watched. It <laughs> seemed like so. Um, this is gonna be a tough one for me, but I both really good pitches, by the way, guys. Good job. Um, Dan, have you made up your mind I, at all? No, you're gonna I be like going
1: back and forth, going, yeah. Because
3: going in, like, I thought, like, uh, you know, I thought I was gonna be going for Eugene Levy because, um, you know, I just I just loved SCTV and I'm so happy Matt. you you talked about American Pie because I also really liked his role <laughs> as the father in that. I thought it was so funny. Of course. Um, and so many other things that he's done and um, movies and TV shows and stuff. And now he's, you know, like Catherine O'Hara, he's back again in full force with Shit's Creek. Well, I mean, the show's over now, but he did so great. But Donald Sutherland, man, like MASH, dude, like he was in MASH. You know, I love Body Snatchers, too. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Remember the movie Outbreak? Remember when there was a bunch of disease movies?
0: Sure do. Yeah.
3: And there was like, I think, you know, it was like a new thing. It's like, oh, yeah, we're making a new disease movie. And there were like disease movies every year. He had one called. The
0: one called Outbreak, which was actually probably the best one, was was that the one with the monkey? It was the year yeah. that the, yeah. mon- the monkey from Friends was like the third most popular celebrity in Hollywood because he was in Outbreak and Friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah,
3: Yeah, no, it, it, it was just yeah. He's just you know action movies and horror movies and comedies and stuff and but you know known mostly for dramatic uh,
0: acting. Like,
3: I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough.
0: Matt, I have a question for you about this one. Yes, sir. Um, you well, you, you made some interesting comments about SCTV, which I actually <laughs> kind of, I actually agree with. Um, Me too, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I am probably a little nicer to Joe Flaherty than than you are, <laughs> um, and I'm actually surprised because I thought Flaherty would be one of your favorites on the show. Um, but uh, but who is the best uh, ensemble comedy? In Canada, kids in the hall. I could not agree more. And if I had had five more nominees ah. in each of those, yeah, I have. Why don't to you also... guys
5: just get a room?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you We're... back, Heather. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I also agree that Kids in the Hall is the best ensemble comedy troupe. Um, I think they're they're better than SC But I, I do disagree. I love Joe Flaherty, and I, I love the SCTV. It was just... It's been a while since I've seen the skits, but I, I still remember it pretty fondly.
1: Heather, so, you um, have uh, have kind of just jumped in um, and didn't get to weigh in too much on the last face-off. What are your thoughts on Donald Sutherland and Eugene Levy?
5: This is, again, a really tough one. But I think this one, I'm like purely just going with my heart and my emotions and i'm going with eugene Levy. i think just because of how much he makes me laugh and how much i like have a soft spot for so many of his projects and for him not that i don't for donald sutherland but i just feel like on this one i'm just it's just all heart and i'm going going yeah eugene.
1: i kind of feel the same way i'm also like a huge sucker for a mockumentary and, oh my god uh, yes
5: like, Best in Show is one of my favorite movies. Well,
0: he yeah. is so, Waiting so funny.
1: Guffman. Waiting for Guffman, yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah, he's just so
0: good. I'm, I, one thing I really like about both nominees, I, I like a lot about both nominees. I am firmly, firmly, firmly championing Donald, Donald Sutherland. I, <laughs> I, I, I am shocked that, you know, so, so many actors on our panel are not. <laughs> but what I do like... Called- out <laughs> wow. what I do like about Donald Sutherland and uh, and, and Eugene Levy as well is uh, their legacy. They all have multiple children who have followed the footsteps and are blazing their own trails. I don't think you could say Kiefer just wrote off his father's coattails. I don't think you could no. say Dan Levy is 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 just copying what his old man did so when the children that are screaming in the background at my house and at melanie's house are doing the future of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> dan levy against angus sutherland and eric peters <laughs> eric peterson and gordon pinson will still be working um <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah let's uh, let, let's let's go through uh the the pitches and and hear where everybody's voting and where they think the people are going to vote so anna paquin against eric peterson christine how are you going to vote how are the people gonna vote
1: i'm gonna vote for eric peterson but i honest to goodness don't know actually who who is going to be more appealing to our voting audience
0: melanie uh eric peterson and anna paquin what way are you thinking you're gonna vote what way do you think the people will vote?
4: I think the people might vote for Peterson, but I'm going to vote for Anna Paquin. Um, I was a huge True Blood fan, and I know it's not just about the body of work, but (laughs) I just, I just, I loved that show. Um, And, uh, and yeah, so I'm going to throw Anna Paquin a bone here.
0: (laughs) Heather, Anna Paquin, Eric, Eric Peterson, what way you going? What way is the audience going to go?
5: So I'm going with Eric Peterson, and I think it's a tough one because I feel like our audience does surprise me sometimes. I feel like a younger audience will probably go Anna Paquin. I don't know how the audience is going to go. I'll say Eric Peterson because everybody else
0: said Eric Peterson. Cool. Thank you. Dan.
3: Eric Peterson,
0: answer to both?
3: Yeah, I think so, just because I think that our audience is a little more familiar with Eric Peterson because of his success on the hilarious comedy show um that we all know and love <laughs> thank you and yeah, Matt corner
2: <laughs> i don't know what is going on here okay throw anna paquin a bone she has an oscar yeah our audience is he for eric is our audience uncle thing. john ryan is that who's <laughs> listening to the podcast uncle john ryan this is absurd and I had Eric Peterson's name typed up on notepad before I even logged into Teams because I didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> I needed to remember Eric Peterson's name because all he was in was this dredgy Canadian shit. It's just because it's Canadian, it doesn't, you know, just because it's Canadian doesn't mean it has to be boring. It doesn't mean it has to be aesthetically unpleasing. It doesn't mean it can't be good. Anna Patwin's in good shit. I She's an American. I, I, think our, I think our audience will also vote for Anna <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for having me. Please have me back. No. no. Thanks like, for Eric being here.
3: Eric Peterson wrote a play that ended up getting an airport <laughs> named after the uh, the subject. So
0: <laughs> I, I know now Uncle John. Jar- Was
1: that Gemini? actually the order of events? Yes. <laughs>
0: I like, know, you know Uncle John Ryan, and I love the thought of him listening to this podcast and going, "Yeah, Eric Peterson, eh? All right, love- <laughs> John Ryan would love this podcast." Yeah, I think he would actually. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna break from the norm even before Matt's uh, message to the rest of us. Um, I uh, I think Packwood's got this one. I I. I I will likely be voting for Paquin, but I might be voting for Eric Peterson. There <laughs> is out there some serious Paquin hate. Um, but I don't think it's enough to knock her down. I think I think, uh, I think will win this one. Is um, there really that much hate? Oh yeah. I was going
1: to say why is she hated? I I'm not voting for her, but like I don't think she's terrible. No, I no, actually really crazy. love True Blood. <laughs>
0: No, it's and it might not be it might have just been like five websites i saw you know but uh, there, there are those who don't enjoy her work hmm. um uh, i i i thought she I, I i wouldn't watch the piano because everyone said harvey Keitel's genitals are swinging all over the place <laughs> um but uh but i mean everything i've seen her in, she's been at least you know at least good which i i, I can't say for everyone and she held her own as Rogue um, with some, some pretty heavy hitters. Mm. Um, so uh, it's it's not a knock to Eric Peterson at all because um, I'm not even sure how I'm going to vote. But I just don't think Eric Peterson's name is enough to put him over Paquin. Just thinking of who votes, uh, a lot of our voters are just people that see a picture, go on the Facebook and and, and vote. I... Yeah, I don't. I don't even think it's going to be that close. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I, I don't think this is. Uh, I don't think this is going to be that close of a of a thing. But I've been wrong a lot um, this round, so we'll see. I think,
4: I think people's TV preferences, or well, yeah, will come out a lot in this vote because you're either the yeah. person type of, who watched Corner Gas, or you're the type of person who watched True Blood. Which is
5: basically
4: yeah. just, you know, soft. Yeah, see, I soft, watched vampire porn. So. I watched <laughs> true
5: blood. I'm not really a fan of corner gas, but yet I'm voting for Eric because I think Dan sold me on his like his Canadianness mm-hmm. and his his like breadth of work. But again, Anna Packwood, I just feel she still has time.
0: I mean, that's and that's a that's a great point. Um, and, and it's not so, this is not so much about the, the the presentations themselves, but I mean, Eric Peterson's career is three Canadian icon, iconic pieces. Anna Paquin's is multiple things we're going to watch, people watch all the time. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm sitting on that one is uh, Paquin's going to win, but I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that's where I'm going to vote yet. Eugene Levy against Donald Sutherland and mm-hmm. uh, how's the audience going to go and how are you guys going to vote?
1: I am definitely voting for Eugene Levy. I know I said that already um, but how the audience is going to vote I I really hope it's really really close. Um, I think it could swing towards Eugene Levy just because he has so recently won awards and, and um, been on our screens and uh and just the way shitts Creek gained steam towards the end of its um production there that it, I, I think I think it I think it really could go to him but I I hope that it's very close
4: yeah I think I think so too I think it's going to be really close I think Sutherland might eke out the victory though on this one but I will personally be voting for Eugene Levy I just he's just somebody you want to hug he just seems like such a decent man and um and he's hilarious and he's very talented and very um very much proud to be canadian
1: heather what do you think um
5: i'm voting for eugene uh and again it's not for lack of love of donald it's just you know i have a soft spot for eugene i also i love what Shits creek has done for canadian television and our uh reputation for like we kind of do have a little bit of a reputation for sort of having hokey, small-budget Canadian TV. And I love that they took this show and it went right to the States and won all these Emmys and stuff. And, you know, maybe people will have a little bit of a different view of us. Um, and, yeah, I just love Eugene Levy. He makes me laugh. Not everything he does makes me laugh. Like, he does doesn't miss. So <laughs> I got to vote Eugene.
3: Uh, this is tough, but if I'm being honest, it's also going to be for Eugene Levy. And, um, because I'm such a huge SCTV fan and I, I love all this. I love all the stuff with, uh, with, um, Christopher Guest and just, he really is like one of the best comedians, like comedic actors. I don't know if he's ever done stand up or anything like that. And Donald Sutherland is a great dramatic
0: actor, but I, I would have to go with, uh, Eugene Levy for sure. Matt? And I know where you're going to vote, I think. But uh, how's the audience going to do this?
2: Yeah, gosh, what a fascinating podcast for me coming in. Um, coming in thinking like that this is like this is the big show. It's like Donald and Eugene. Anna Paquin was like the toss off for me. And here I am like I'm all wrapped up in this Anna Paquin thing. And now I'm like <laughs> Eugene Levy is like the shoe in. I'm thinking Eugene Levy all of a sudden. I'm not worried about this one at all. I'm worried about the other one now. I wasn't worried about the other one. I'm I'm not worried about this one. I was coming in. Now I'm worried about the other one. This one Eugene Levy, I I think uh, he's walking away with it on both sides. I'm um, I'm worried about the other one, but anyway, this one's yeah, I got Eugene Levy on um, both.
0: And I will happily be the lone voice in the wind saying Donald Sutherland is my favorite Canadian actor and the greatest actor this country has a has a body of work for us to to see. Um, but the
1: podcast is not Greatest Canadian actor.
0: I know, I know you, you, <laughs> cut off, you cut off my butt. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But I, I do adore Eugene Levy. Um, that being said, uh, so my, my vote is 100% Donald Sutherland. My vote is Donald Sutherland against anyone on this list. When it comes to favorites, favorite does mean a whole bunch of different things. And I would accept a loss to Eugene Levy if it went that way. I also think a lot of our people, a lot of voters, not just our voters, but voters in general, will say, I should vote for Donald Sutherland. I want to vote for Eugene Levy, but I should vote for Donald Sutherland because mm. he is who he is. I, think I that, agree with that. I think that's part of the reason Christopher Plummer won by such a margin.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, if you put up a, uh, a a picture, let's say, and I, I I am not comparing Eugene Levy to this person, but if you were to say who's a better actor, Sir Lawrence Olivier or Martin Lawrence, well, even though ninety percent of prospective voters probably have never seen a Sir Lawrence Olivier movie <laughs> or performance, they're going to say, well, obviously. Lawrence Olivier is better than Martin Lawrence or is better than Dustin Diamond or, you know, is better than <laughs> Jaleel White. Um, that's just kind of how sometimes people think. That being said, I don't know how this one is going to go.
1: I think, I hope, I assume that whoever loses that face off is coming back in the next round. And I would not be surprised if we see both of them again at the end
0: of round yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> this could be our final match.
1: I guess that's uh, I guess that's it. That's our that's the end of our pitches for this round. Crazy. With the exception of coming back for, of course, a few rapid fire pitches for the wild card round.
0: Yes. So you can vote on this one at our Facebook site, facebook.com slash fave can the, uh, There's something up with the Facebook poll system in there in, in Facebook uh, right now. The last two episodes we had to do comments only. Um, And I really appreciate the comments because our our voting numbers are significantly lower when it's not just click on a picture. Um, And especially with the wildcard show coming up, uh, I really appreciate and we all appreciate the uh, the extra effort people are throwing out there to put our uh, to 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 engage us and, and talk about their picks and their choices and stuff. Um, and also, too, over on the Lion's Den YouTube site, the Just the Pitches things are, are starting to gain some numbers. It seems like people are starting to, to sneak in there and, and give it a listen, which is totally wicked awesome.
1: Thank you again, panel, for joining us. Heather, Melanie, Matt, and Dan. Um, and to uh, those who presented this week, like, really solid pitches. I really enjoyed all of them.
0: Wherever you are... Whenever you are, thank you for listening.